So good morning to everyone here. Good morning to you in the youth room and good morning to everyone online. So thankful that we get together together. Well, we are in our second week of our series, Better Together. And last week, John shared about the, being a word-centered community. And today we're going to talk about being a prayer-centered community. Now, if you are anything like me in uh, my early years and even into my teen years and some as an adult, when I would hear a message or read a book about prayer, whatever it may be, all of a sudden, all I felt was guilt, 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 right? And so maybe as we just said prayer, you're going like, oh no, here it goes again. I want today to be something different, if that's you, if that's how you've engaged prayers through a level of guilt, is that I want to I want you to be invited into a space of prayer, invited into a way of prayer, invited really into a way not of doing prayer, but being alive and alert and active in prayer. I mean, the Word of God tells us to to pray without ceasing. That means to always be praying. So therefore, every single one of us falls short of praying without ceasing. So we, we have much to ascertain, much to grow in, but this is really opportunity, not a moment for guilt or shame to be upon you. And so I invite you to, to listen today as we talk about being a prayer-centered community. So there's a place uh, in Brooklyn, Michigan. Ever, anyone ever been to Brooklyn, Michigan? All right. There's a place that I love to go to in Brooklyn, Michigan, and it is not MIS. It is not the Speedway there. You may be thinking, oh, Chris is a NASCAR fan. No, sorry, Chris is not a NASCAR fan, although that is quite intriguing, having these giant pieces of metal racing around a two-mile track at 200 miles an hour. That's it's crazy. But the place I'm talking of is about three miles northeast of MIS. And this place is tucked back into a small wooded area. There's a small lake back there. There's walking trails. There is not a TV anywhere on the property. There is no internet It is just quiet and calm and peaceful and wonderful. And as I talk about it, I want to go there right now. For some of you, you may be hearing this going like, what? No TV, no internet, quiet, no people. And I haven't seen a person. I've been there three or four times, and I've never seen another human being there. Um, And and so it's wonderful, but you may feel like, man, that's a nightmare. Others are like, yes, give me more of that in my life. But as I thought about this place in Brooklyn, I thought about, a place where I have been able to really tune out the rest of life that can be so consuming. See, much of life can be like a soundtrack that we have either playing in the background or playing in our mind that becomes part of the rhythm that we live in. And this soundtrack so often has voices from TV, from social media, from our conversations that cycle through our mind again and again and again. And they're just this rhythm that we get into. We hear this, we talk about it, we experience it, we feel the emotions, and we have this rhythm, the soundtrack that's there. But places like Brooklyn, places that you've been in, or even everyday moments are opportunities for us just to unplug and to pull back and to be where you're at to be. Because so often what we do is we get into this rhythm of life that we live in, this this really American rhythm of life of who you're supposed to be like, who you're not supposed to be like, who, um, what we were, what we are, what we're becoming, um, what to believe, what not to believe, what to say, what not to say, what to think, what not to think. And we have this rhythm, the soundtrack, and it may have different varieties for every single person, but it's what we go on over and over again. And what we do is we start to repeat this soundtrack in our own mind, in our own heart. And then what do we do? We start to vocalize the same soundtrack to the world. 
And we often think, hey, we have something original to say. We have something different to say. We have something that is going to transform those that I talk to, transform uh, social media, whatever that looks like. If I just put that out there, if I just put it out loud enough, and the world's going to be different. But what we do is we get into that same soundtrack, that same rhythm, because the volume in our world is already at 10, right? So yelling louder doesn't make a difference. Complaining louder doesn't make a difference. Being the same soundtrack in the world doesn't make a difference. But there is something that causes us to be original and transformational personally into the world around us. We're going to talk about that today. Because I don't think anyone here wants to just blend into the soundtrack of the world, just to be another voice that gets drowned in so many others. When I was younger, adults taught me a song, and maybe they taught you a song as well that goes something like this. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down with love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. And the other verses would go on and say things like, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Careful tongue, what you say. Hands, what you do. Feet, where you go. Heart, what you trust. And mind, what you think. And see, these adults were speaking into to my life as a young child and yours as well because they knew there was this soundtrack of life that would be drawing and alluring. And if, we didn't, if we're not careful, we would blend right into that. See, as adults, we have much to learn from this simple child song. We have much to, to grow from of, of paying attention of what we're seeing and hearing and speaking and trusting and going through and with. And see, the reality is, is that I have found a break from this soundtrack, this continual rhythm in places like Brooklyn and in these daily moments with God. And you as well, when you just unplug and you get to a place where you start to listen to another soundtrack, another rhythm, another way of life, your beat starts to change. We're quickly drawn back into this other soundtrack, but when we recenter ourselves again, it's this different soundtrack, this different rhythm. And the more time that I reflect in the word and prayer, the more I embrace this different rhythm, this different soundtrack, this different voice that reminds me that I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, that I am a child of God. That is my identity. That is my allegiance. I live in a world. God wanted us in this world right now, in the place that we're at right now. But my allegiance and my citizenship is elsewhere. So therefore, my rhythm, my soundtrack has to look a little different and hear different. And so as we look at this series better together, Nick encouraged you to turn to Acts 2. So we're going to look at Acts 2, and then we're going to jump to Psalm 19 in just a short while. But in Acts 2, something different is happening. There has been a rhythm. There's been a soundtrack that's been playing, and God gives the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been in existence as part of the Trinity since the beginning of time. But something radical happens here. The Spirit of God is given on Pentecost, and, and some, some amazing things start to happen. There's people coming to know the Lord. And starting in verse 42, we see a group of people who are better together than they are apart. Verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So there's this devotion. Nick mentioned just a little while ago, to be devoted to prayer, that's this committed, this focus, this centered reality on prayer, on teaching, on the word, on fellowship. Verse 43 continues. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. 
They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I can't get past that last verse. There was this devotion, this centering, the soundtrack that they were living in. And I can't get past this point that, that they were devoted to this, that there were people being transformed and changed every single day. John last week talked about being focused and centered on the word. Talked about having a heart centered in the word. I mean, the centering on the word, this connecting with one another over the word. See, the word is important because it helps us navigate life. It helps us walk through life. It helps us when we are hearing other rhythms and soundtracks around us to be like, what is going on there? Is this the soundtrack that God has for my life? Someone this week said this. He said, the greatest threat to evangelicalism is biblical and gospel illiteracy and ignorance. That is why we spent the last year and a half walking through the word of God with a 66-week-long sermon series with one message from every book of the Bible to see this thread through the whole of Scripture. Saying the greatest thread is this biblical and gospel illiteracy, not understanding what it says or just completely ignoring it. That is what leads to quote-unquote Christian nationalism and quote-unquote Christian liberalism. If you get the Bible wrong, you get Christianity wrong. So again, it's like if you start listening to this soundtrack or this soundtrack or whatever soundtrack out there, and we're not centered on the soundtrack, the rhythm that God has for us that we find in the Word and we find through prayer, we start to get pulled and we start to sound like everyone else. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, there's a form of godliness, but denying its power. I mean, this is where we like, yeah, it looks like Christianity, it sounds like Christianity, but it's lacking the power of transformation that only comes from being centered on the Word and through prayer. So how do we walk in this? Well, we're word-centered and we're prayer-centered. Because you can't be word-centered without being prayer-centered, and you can't be prayer-centered without being word-centered. There is this tight, intimate reality of them together. And when we're word-centered and when we're prayer-centered, it's not just about content consumption. This is a temptation, and this is some of the guilt that goes along with prayer and the word. If I just read it and check it off, or if I just pray and check it off daily, I'm good. That's, that's content consumption. It's not transformation that's going on. So, so when we take the word, it should lead us to prayer. And when we pray, it should lead us to the word as this ever-living, moving reality that we have, this rhythm that we walk in. It's about a living, breathing relationship with God and community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is about a living, breathing community and relationship with other people. See, with these thoughts in mind, let's turn to Psalm 19. And I want to real briefly look at Psalm 19 and then want to give us a challenge as we walk out of here, an invitation to prayer. So Psalm 19, this is from David. And I want us to hear where David first finds his help. And then we're going to see that David talks about the word and then he talks about prayer. So starting in verse 1 of Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. 
They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. I just want you to hear that, that, that there's David looking for this rhythm, the soundtrack. That David is looking for this reality and he is seeing it all around him. That God is doing this. Verse five, it is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. I want you to hear how he describes the word. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them righteous. They are much more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. And so he describes the word of God with so many wonderful words. When we look into the word, we see that they're firm and they're righteous and they're sweet and, and they're radiant and they're pure and they're trustworthy. This is the word of God going forth. But here, notice this, that the word of God does not just end there of like, I just read it and I'm good, but it moves the psalmist David into prayer. Verse 12, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So we see in this passage, we see the word propelling us to prayer. And the word has these four elements of prayer. Three of these I think we go to naturally. Is the first thing we see forgiveness. Is forgive my hidden faults. Like, we've all been there, right? Oh Lord, I'm so sorry for what I did last night. God, you know. Or I'm so sorry that I said this. Or, or whatever this was, I am so sorry. God, forgive me of those things that are really evident, but also those hidden faults that I hope no one ever finds out about me. Forgive me of these. There's forgiveness in this prayer. There's also protection. Keep your servants from willful sins. So what are these choices that are being made? Keep me from that. Keep me. Protect me from that. There is temptation out there. This addiction, this whatever it is, is that keep me from this. Protect me from this. So there's a prayer of forgiveness and a prayer of protection. And there's a prayer of freedom. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless. Freedom. Whether you're there right now or you've been there, we know how sin can get a grip on us. And here he's crying out for freedom. May they not rule over me. Then I'll be blameless. Keep me blameless, Lord. Forgive me. And so we've prayed these for forgiveness and protection and freedom, and you may have prayed those already today. But this last part is a prayer for relationship. And he says, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord. He longs for this relationship, longs for this connection through prayer, not just something that is cold on a page, 
but something that is alive and active. This is the connection of word to prayer and prayer to word. See, we often consider when we pray that we speak to God, but it's one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. And again, the tightly wound prayer and word, word and prayer. But if you're like me, I listen far too little when it comes to prayer. And I'm very impatient when it comes to prayer. And I settle for far too less when it comes to prayer. I mean, I'm kind of like a kid who goes to his mom and says, Mom, can I go down the road? Can I go hang out with my friend? And the mom says, yes. And then what I do, I just hear the yes and I'm gone. But the mom continues. Yes, you can play with your friend, but I just text his mom and they're at the store. And after they go to the store, they're going to come over to our house directly and you guys can play here. But I'm already down the road. I'm running ahead. All I heard was the first word God said and I'm gone. And so what do I do? I come back to God and I'm like, you said yes, you should have known that they were not home. Mom's like, I was going to tell you that, but you took off too quick. I knew they weren't home, but, but I've already got this blessing set aside for you. I already had this thing happening for you. If you would be still and know that I am God, I've got it. I've got it. And this is how we approach prayer. It's just as quick in and out. And God's like, be still and know that I'm God. Know that I'm for you. Know that I have a plan for your life. Know this is part of prayer. This is this invitation to prayer. And I want to allow the psalmist to invite us to a way of praying. And I'm going to invite you to a way of praying. Again, there's a zillion different ways to pray. There's a zillion books written. You can Google prayer and find out all sorts of great ideas. But I want to invite you to join us in a way of praying. And the psalmist will invite us here. The psalmist said this in Psalm 55, verse 16 and 17. As for me, I call to God. The Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon. I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. The psalmist called out to God. Evening, morning, and noon. And I'm going to invite you to call out with me to God in this way. So here's the invitation. There's going to be three invitations. If you're not praying, take one of these and walk with it. If you're praying a bit, you want to take a next step, try two. Or take all three. Or maybe what it is is that if you're starting a new habit, you should start small. So this month, I'm going to start with one time of prayer. And then next month, I'm going to add a second time of prayer. The following month, a third time of prayer. Someone once said that if you, uh, if you want to start developing habits, like start small, like flossing your teeth, don't try to floss all your teeth necessarily every single night. Just start with one and then add a second tooth, the second one. It's silly, right? But it's developing a habit. So this is part of what it is, is this invitation to prayer. And so these are the invitations. I invite you to pray a psalm in the morning. I invite you to pray the Lord's Prayer at noon. And I invite you to pray a reflective prayer in the evening. And I want to break these out just with a few minutes that we have left. I invite you to pray a psalm in the morning. How many of you are morning people? I'm not. I'm putting my hand down. Okay, so we're, we're kind of split here at home. I'm guessing you're split as well and in the youth room as well. 
is that I am not a morning person. I say very few words in the morning. It's just kind of grunts and, uh, you know, love you, Joanna. That's, you know, that's about the extent of my conversation in the morning. And so, um, so with a psalm, is these are pre-written songs and prayers. I've already got a head start. So you can literally choose any psalm you want, and you don't have to choose every part of every chapter. Is Here's a couple verses. We're going to do this. I'm going to show you here. I'm just going to flip to a random psalm. Psalm 45. You can pick any psalm any morning. This starts by saying, My heart is stirred by a noble theme. As I recite my verses for the king, my tongue is a pen as a skillful writer. Okay. Give it a challenge here. So, God, I thank you that you work in my heart. God, I thank you for uh, the words that you give me to give back to you. And continues on by saying, you are the most excellent. Your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Is that, God, I thank you for the way that you work in me and through me. God, I thank you that you anoint us. And so with a psalm, doesn't matter what it is, is you can find a section or a word, is pray that back to God. Read it and pray it back to God. It's a head start for you in the morning. And then journal something down, write something down, if that helps you, or type something, or whatever it is. But this is what I want to challenge you, is if you pray a psalm in the morning, I challenge you to do it the first thing in the morning. Before you grab your phone, before you turn on the TV, before you turn on the news, before you grab the paper, if you still get the paper at your house, is that you do it before you do anything else. This is why. Because if you turn on the news or you pick up the phone, I can almost guarantee your stress in your body will rise. As you see what's happened politically, as you see what's happened in a friend's life, as you see what someone posted, your stress is going to rise up. And your focus is going to go elsewhere. Whereas you start with a psalm, the psalm centers our day. It starts our day. Or you look at the psalm, you read the psalm before you click on your email. Because guess what? When you start with email at the beginning of your day, you're allowing someone else to set your priorities, not God. Because you're going to click your email and be like, oh, I got to reply to this. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And then the cycle gets going. So what happens if we start with a psalm in the morning? We start there. So then we get about noonday. And I often just go. And if I don't stop, if I'm not re-centered, I can forget what I read in the morning, what I journaled in the morning, and I could forget why I'm doing what I'm doing, who I'm living for. So at noon, I encourage you to pray the Lord's Prayer, but not like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come. Not like auctioneer style, but that you pray it something like this, is like, our Father, God, I thank you that I can call you Father. God, that you're in heaven, but you're, you're still close to me. God, I, I pray for your kingdom to come this day. God, help me to be a part of what that means. God, I, I pray that I would walk in your will and your way. That you just pause and you reflect and recenter and refocus. And the only way that I can do this well is if I have an alarm on my phone. So if you were to look at my phone, wherever it's at, is that you would see a 12 o'clock alarm that goes off, and all it says is Lord's Prayer. And I pause and I stop and I pray. And it allows me to recenter, to refocus, and to recharge for the next part of the day. So pray a psalm in the morning. I'm inviting you to this. Maybe this is your one thing. Or maybe your one thing is the Lord's Prayer. But this is the devotion part. And I'm going to encourage you to do one other thing. But before I do that, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about 2021 being a year of subtraction, not addition. A year of reorganizing our time. You may be thinking, 
oh, there's another thing I have to do. Well, by pulling out, not doing your email right away, not looking at the news right away, you've got a chunk of time. The Lord's Prayer, it can be two minutes, five minutes. It's a moment of pause, of breath that you can take, whether you're chasing kids or whether you're at the office, whatever it may be. And this last thing, too, is I invite you to reflect. The 20th century philosopher and psychologist John Dewey said this, we do not learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on experience. It's not enough to go through something. It's about processing that thing. It's not enough to just have an experience. That's why you need to talk about situations that you go through that are hard. You need to process it. And this is what it is daily. What if we processed our days? It's kind of like the psalmist says in in Psalm 139, says this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, search me. This reflective prayer in the evening is a search me prayer. I want to give you a framework as we start to close here. There's four R's in this reflective prayer. Is recall. This is simply where has God been? God has been everywhere in your day, but where did you notice God? Oh, there was this conversation that I was having and I just felt a peace. Or I was feeling really alone and this person came in and encouraged me. Or... I just had this thought and then I felt this, this, this other thought come into my mind. Whatever it is, it's like, recall your day. Look back at your day. Where has God been active that you noticed him? And the second thing is then rejoice. God, thank you for sending me that person. God, I give you praise for sending me that person. God, I thank you for giving me peace in this situation that was so hard, that conversation that I had. I thank you for that. That's the rejoicing. So where has God been that you've noticed? And then rejoicing. And then Repent. What if every day we did this? We repented of our sin. Is our attitudes, our actions, our words, whatever it was, that we repented of those sins, that we confessed those sins to God. And then the last one is renew. I mean, if we recall where God has been, we've rejoiced with God. If we've repented of our sins, we're in a pretty good place. And we're renewed saying, all right, God, you go ahead of us into the next day. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Now, I need to confess. I was doing this the other night, and I chose to do it while I was falling asleep. And I, uh, I was laying there, and I started to recall my day, and I was recalling different things. And then I started with, like, the first rejoicing part of it. God, thank you for... I was out. I was out. This last one might be one of the hardest ones because it takes work to really go through this. And then if you're doing it late at night, like I chose to for some reason, you're probably going to fall asleep. But here's the thing. I remember one of my high school leaders telling me this, telling all of us high school students, there is no better place than to fall asleep in the arms of God. So whether you're, you're at the recall, the rejoice, the repent, or the renew, If you're falling asleep thinking of God, then the news cycle or whatever happened earlier in the day 
that consuming your mind and heart, that is a beautiful place to fall asleep. So what if we, as a church, as a community, as individuals, took the opportunity to pray a psalm in the morning, to pray the Lord's Prayer at noon, to review our day, to reflect on our day? What would happen? I encourage you to pick one, two, or three. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Just just take it in pieces. The idea is to pray with intentionality and devotion, not adding to your day, but allowing it to be part of your day. Because remember, I started talking about a soundtrack, a rhythm that we go in. It's not about setting aside and just being like, okay, there's a different rhythm than my normal life rhythm. No, it's all one. It is this rhythm of the word, and it's this rhythm of prayer. And if you haven't noticed, I encouraged you in the morning to pray the word, at noon to pray the word, the third to reflect your day and, and allow the word to wash over that. Everything is infused. So you can do it alone, but you can also do it in community. If you live with someone, you can share one or two or three of these together. Or you can call someone, you can Zoom with someone, whatever it is, is connect with one another. I also want to invite you that there's other opportunities to pray. This is just a way. Like I said, there's a million ways to pray. If you're praying and you've got a really great method, just keep with it. You can also pray in groups here. There's currently a Wednesday night prayer group that Pastor Gurton leads. It's on Zoom right now, but hopefully we'll be able to come back here into the church. He'll be able to come back with a group here in church. Shirley Works has a ladies group that meets. So you can be a part of those groups. Online, share your prayer request in the chat. Share it in the rooms afterwards if you jump into these Facebook rooms that we're working on. Um, Also, you can text. This is not my personal number, so don't try to call me at that number. But you can text prayer requests to there, and it will go right into my email. Um, So I'm the only one that's going to see that. So if you only want me to see that, that's fine, or I can share it with others, whatever you want. But if you have a prayer request, um, please share that. That's going to be a number we're going to work forward with. So you can text that number. We'll leave it up on the screen. And we'll also put, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll post it later this week. We'll see. Um, And then following service too is if anyone would like prayer, I'm going to hang out down here in the corner. And uh, I'm willing to pray with you. And uh, I'm I'm sure others would pray with you as well if you ask them to. So with all that being said, I want to close in prayer. And then John's going to come forward and close us out with a few announcements. So let's pray. Father God, uh, once again, uh, Lord, I mentioned as I closed in prayer, I just feel like it's been a journey even in this last uh, few minutes that we've been together. Um, Lord, I pray that you would teach us, um, God, to pray just in rhythm with you. God, that we would move in your soundtrack, in your rhythm. Lord, when the world's soundtrack plays, God, we would be able to recognize that and we would draw near to you. Lord, help us just to know you through prayer. It's about knowing you and you knowing us. Thank you for your word that we can know you through that. Thank you that we can pause and reflect on our day. And I pray that prayer would be more and more of a rhythm for each one of us individually and that prayer would be infused more and more into our culture as a church. Lord, I thank you for the foundation of prayer that has been set here. God, for the reason we're here today is because of prayer. And so, Father, may you be honored and glorified as we go forth. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share and the opportunity we had to worship you. May our life be just a rhythm of worship, of prayer and the word. Lord, may we be sent out of here invited 
and energized by that invitation. So Lord, we love you. We praise you. We pray this in Jesus' strong and powerful name. Amen.